0: Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the Biathlon Podcast. It is Thursday, the 11th of February, and I am your host, Will Prov. Apologies yet again, as illness meant that I had to bail out on two of my World Championship preview. However, we'll do them sort of as we go from here on out. It's a bit of a throat infection, which I'm told made me sound like one of the Muppets, so sorry if that crept into my last episode, I think my voice sounded pretty weird in that. Unless you're a fan of the Muppets of course, in which case you are more than welcome. My is apart, the good news is that the World Championships are finally here. Two weeks of action from Slovenia opened yesterday with the mixed relay. We'll look back on that race and forward to tomorrow's men's sprint race, where I'll make my picks for the win, as well as some names to keep a lookout for. As always, feel free to get your predictions and comments into the Biaflon Podcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook page. So, the first of 12 World Championship races is now in the books, and it was the Norwegians who heard their anthem on the podium after claiming the first gold medal of the championships in Potguka after Johanna's Tingersbow led them to a fairly dominating performance over the field. Not without its scares, though. Uh, there was a little bit of controversy in the Norwegian press over the decision to drop Tayebo in favour of Stellaholm Ligrid for the first leg, but the 23-year-old proved the coach is right with a pretty steady effort on leg one, using just the one spare round and handing over to Johannes, just 4.3 seconds down on that point leaders Belarus. One of the more interesting performances on the first leg was French, uh, the French performance under Emilien Jacques Alain. It looked like his skis weren't gliding particularly well, uh, but he was skiing very well despite that. There was a huge acceleration he put in to jump past both Ligreed and Alexander Loganov for the lead on that first lap, I believe it was. Um, and he was leading as he came into the first exchange as well, before a, a seemingly inexplicable fall in the, that sort of little s into the straight where the exchanges happen. Uh, that put him back five seconds or so. Uh, later on in the race, uh, Yulia Jima also seemed to have a little bit of trouble at that same spot. So it'll be interesting to see if we have any more of that going forward or if the, the sort of cold temperatures that are forecast uh, sort of firm that bit of the track up. Uh, Jacqueline himself did blame the fall on the poor conditions of the tracks. Uh, so hopefully, as I say, the, uh, the weather will change that up for him going into the sprint and pursuit this weekend. And uh, from then on out, it was essentially all Norway, thanks to the king. Johannes Tingers didn't waste any time getting to the front of the pack, and once he did, the rest of that pack was in trouble. He was 18.6 seconds faster than anyone on the skis on his leg, with Martin Poncioloma uh, there at, 18.6 seconds back, and Fionnier, the only other athlete who could hold within 30 seconds of the Norwegian, I think question marks do still remain on the shooting, he needed a spare in each of his shoots uh, yesterday, but the stand especially was an absolute joy to watch, it was classic Johanna's, he missed pretty high on the first target but then rattled down the remaining four in just 7 seconds, Uh, the camera couldn't even keep up with the shots as he went through them. The big stars on the men's side in my view though have to be the Canadian team, uh, the Gal Brothers. Handing over on the second exchange, battling for third is an absolutely incredible effort. Uh, both of them shooting very nicely. Scott Gow, as per usual, rattling through them at an incredible speed. He's only marginally slower than Simon Ader, who, uh, as per usual, was top of the uh, top of the charts there. And if this form continues, I think there's a there's a chance of a top five, maybe even a podium, uh, for the Canadians in the single mixed relay, uh, where I assume we'll likely see Christian Gow alongside Emma Lunder, who also had a good race uh, to yesterday. Um, on leg three, Tyrell took the baton, and she never looked under too much threat, really. Uh, needed two spares on each shoot, though, uh, which isn't the most auspicious of starts on the range, uh, but she steered clear of the penalty loop, and essentially just did everything she needed to do to get the job done. The biggest story of that leg was happening just behind her, though, where... Ace Chevalier-Boucher was looking on absolutely fantastic form, I thought, slowly closing in on Ekhoff on the skis, uh, shooting one of the first shoot, but then hit with an absolute nightmare on the standing shoot, with Ekov missing two just before she came into the range. It looked like the gap could be really closed down, but instead it was the penalty loop for the French team, and that pretty much put any medal hopes out of reach for them, uh, even with the, uh, the informed Julius Simon to come. Uh, the star on leg three for me has to be the Ukrainian Yulia Zhima. Uh, the sharpshooter looks to be in fabulous form coming into the championships, starting 56.4 down on Akhov. Uh, she just needed one spare and exchanged 39.3 down, gaining 17 seconds on the number two in the world. And uh, well, it's not a surprise to see her shooting that way, she, she, we know she's a great shot, but not used to seeing this kind of ski form from her. Uh, Outskiing the likes of Davidova, Maronova and uh, Doro Vera as well means that she could be uh, one to watch, I think, especially in the individual uh, where she always performs pretty well. Um, that just left the final leg to the number one in the world, Marta Olshbu Roysland, And with a 40 second lead, there wasn't a huge amount of doubt that she would take the win. But she did have Norwegian fans holding their breath a little bit on both sheets Uh, In the prone, all shots were going really, really low. Uh, But luckily, just the one missed for her, and she made no mistake with the spare. But in the stand, she was going consistently wide right. Missed two sort of low right, and then one higher right. So three shots overall. And you have to admire the class of Rosalind, who was looking very shaky. Barrel of the gun moving all over the place, but nailed all three spares avoiding the penalty loop, and then pretty much coasting home for victory. Uh, behind her, the real battle was, of course, for silver and bronze, where, at different times on the leg, any one of Ukraine, Austria, Sweden, France, Italy, and Germany all had a little bit of a sniff of the podium. Uh, but as they came into the final shoot, it was Lisa Theresa Hauser and Lena Pidrushna battling for second place. And it was the Austrian, Lisa Theresa Hauser, who came out on top, needing just one spare, while Pidrushner unfortunately needed all three. Uh, The fireworks really began on the range behind them, though, as Hannah Erberg absolutely blasted her way through the targets, needing just 18.5 seconds to clear all five, blitzing everyone else, male and female, to be the fastest shoot of the day. Behind her, the pressure didn't stop, as Julia Simon and Lisa Vitozzi also went clear, leaving just 13.7 seconds between third and sixth at a time when Hannah Erberg really looked to be struggling on the skis. In front of her, though, Hauser wasn't going to be caught and came home for an excellent second place for Austria, really continuing their strong legacy of hitting their form in the World Championships. Um, As we'll get into in tomorrow's show, I think that really cements Hauser as one of the uh, women to beat in the upcoming races there. Behind Hauser, there was a bit of a surprise battle, really, between Erberg and Petrushna. As I say, Erberg had looked to have been struggling on the skis, but once she had the upper hand coming out of the range, I personally assumed that she'd just put the hammer down, leave the Ukrainian behind, and the the danger might really be from uh, Yulia Simon behind her. Instead, Pedrishna quickly caught Erberg and was looking to get past her. It looked like she might have made the the move on the climb up to 29one k, but Erberg just had enough in her legs to keep her line, didn't let the Ukrainian past, And from then on out, it was really just going to be a sprint to the line. And in the end, Erberg had the beating of the Ukrainian, taking a good bronze for the Swedes, who really for most of the race, we didn't see a huge amount of. Um, So great result for them. Although I'm absolutely gutted for Ukraine that they didn't quite snatch a medal there. Great team effort from all of them. And they really deserved a little bit of hardware to take home from that. My tip for the win pre-race was actually the French. Uh, they eventually limped home in fifth place. A tough day for them, and Chevalier Boucher in particular. Slightly worrying words as well from Julia Simon afterwards, who said that she didn't have that usual feeling in the legs. So hopefully that's something she can shake off going into the weekend, because, I mean, coming into the championship, she really is one of the in-form athletes. Um, and I think, her, for me, it was between her and Hauser, Um as sort of the favourites going into uh, into the sprint on Saturday, uh, Italy then came home in sixth, just about where you'd expect. I think a good form from Vitozzi, uh, especially though, which is good to see her sort of back where she should be. She gained time on Roysland on that uh, final leg. Uh, behind them were Germany, who really had a tough time of it out there. Uh, Eric Lesser, who's usually so reliable on the opening leg, ended up losing over a minute. Uh, Aunt Pfeiffer couldn't do anything to close that gap, it just extended further. Although, promising runs from Denise Herman and Francisca Puritz, who both gained time back on the leaders, but 7th really not uh, the start that the Germans would have been hoping for at all. Uh, Canada, who we've already talked about, ended up 8th, which is uh, a great result for them. Uh, ahead of our last winners, Team RBU, uh, the artists formerly known as Russia, who really don't look to have maintained their form from antholts at all. Uh, great ski speed they had in Italy, uh, but really deserting them yesterday. Uh, Maronova especially, who's looked so good recently, uh, had a bit of a nightmare. She went around the penalty loop twice on her leg. Uh, rounding out the top 10 were the Swiss. Uh, apparently there were some eyebrows raised at the inclusion of Selena Gasparin, uh, but for me she was the standout performer for the Swiss team, going clear and taking 14 seconds out of Tyril Ekhoff at the front. Uh, unfortunately for them, Lena Heike landed on the penalty loop on the last shoot, and they slipped down from 6th to 10th on that leg. Uh, so, we've got our first race in the books, and while it wasn't really a classic, I can't wait for more. We've got the men's sprint kicking off tomorrow at one thirty UK time, um, let's take a look at the best bets for that race now. So, taking a look at the bookies, and once again, it's the man of the moment, Johannes Tinkers-Bow, as your huge favourite out there. He's at 4-5, with Sterle Holm now the proud owner of his first World Championship gold, second favourite at 10-1. Uh, the two top Norwegians we didn't see, of course, Tyya Bow and Johannes Dahle, uh, then come in, both sitting at 11-1. And my pick of the favourites has to be... The man himself, Johannes Tingers. I hate picking the favourite, but we're at the major championships, and I just think it's impossible to bet against him, taking home a lot of gold. And I think the sprint is very likely to be his tomorrow. And not only is his form looking good on the skis, I think he looked a lot more confident in the range yesterday. Um, Also, his starting number gives him a big advantage, I think. He goes off 28th, uh, so he's going to know exactly what he's got to do Um, to challenge Ligreed who goes 9th, Tayebo goes 13th, and Fionnayet, who's off 16th. This means maybe we'll see him pace his race a little more evenly than we've seen uh, in some of of the races this season, where he's gone off at a hell of a click and then made mistakes in the prone. Um, While there's been plenty of comments on his shooting form, this does seem to more affect longer distance races uh, more than the sprints. He's only shot clear in sprints this season. Um, so I, I'm less worried about that going into the race tomorrow. Said earlier, of course, that Constant uh, Fionnoye was the only other athlete within 30 seconds of Johannes, uh, bar Martin Ponceloma, um on that leg. Afterwards, Johannes was staying pretty humble, though. He gave all the credit to the wax technicians, uh, saying that he doesn't think he's that much quicker than Fionnoye, and uh, he thinks that really the skis were on his side. On recent form, though, I just think there's a, a much more realistic argument to say that he is just that fast, and uh, because of that, he is my pick for the win. Despite what I've just said, for my mid-range pick today, I think I am going to go with uh, the, the man I've just mentioned, Quentin, Quentin Fionn my A, and not only is he in good form in the World Cup pre-championships, taking two podiums in ant uh, but he also won last weekend in a French preparation event over in uh, Jura. Phil uh, May hitting 19 out of 20 uh, in an individual race there, taking the win 31 seconds ahead of Desue, uh 42 ahead of Antonin Giganer, both of whom also hit 19. Um, so there's good ski speed there. Um, the ski speed yesterday, of course, is a worry. But the snow conditions were strange, as we've mentioned. It was slushy in areas. And we're expecting it to be much colder, meaning it's much faster, much more evenly paced, I'd imagine, as well. So that could mean we're looking at some red herrings if we read too much into the ski speeds of that mixed relay. I think you could do much worse, honestly, than backing the Frenchman at 15-1 to 1, if you've got any doubts about the, the sort of big four Norwegians uh, ahead of them. If you think your handers might make mistakes in the range, for example, despite the difference in ski speed, Fionnet could be one to watch. In terms of ski speed, Fionnet's teammate, uh, Emilien Jacqueline, Possibly could be the man to challenge Johannes on ski speed um, of the non-Norwegians. He was faster than Johannes on their equivalent second laps in yesterday's mixed relay. However, we have to go back to the first race of the season back in Contiolati uh, for a clear shoot in the sprint for Jacqueline. And I'm not convinced we'll see one tomorrow. I really think the goal for Jacqueline should be sort of getting in and around that 5th, 6th, 7th place um, so that he can start in a good position for the pursuit where we all know he shines uh, if you think the Frenchman can do it in the sprint though you can back him at 15 to 1 and for my long shot pick today I want to take a look at Ukraine's Dmytro Pedrushny, who goes off 46th and comes in at the bookies at 80 to 1 This uh, might seem like a weird pick as his form has really been all over the place this season uh, but we have seen a couple of top 10s from him and they've been in the sprints so far and yesterday's ski speed wasn't bad. It was only five seconds off of Fionn Maillet, for example. And, of course, not sure how much it really plays into things, but he has got that experience of getting a gold in the World Championships back in Ostersund a couple of years ago in the pursuit. I think in reality it's going to take a strange day with a lot of misses for him to challenge, and wins might seem a bit unlikely. But if you take Gert uh, the 20-1 to 1 bet of him to make the podium... I think that's not a bad bet at all. So those are my picks, uh, but let's have a little look at the start list and a couple of more random names to watch out for. Uh, The race itself is pretty front-loaded, with big names going off early. Lukas Hoffer goes out second, Poncioloma sixth, and Ligreed ninth. Uh, In there, though, watch out for Scott Gow. He goes off third, and as mentioned, he was absolutely brilliant in the relay yesterday and could put in a good performance in the sprint tomorrow. Arndt Pfeiffer, the German, will be looking to improve. He goes off at quite a nice spot, going off 18th. I think both he and Benny Dole could pop a surprise in here. Dole goes 31st. Last of the big names to go will be Johannes Dahle. He heads out with bib 59 knowing everything he has to do to take the victory. Uh, But in and amongst those big hitters, keep an eye out for 18-year-old Campbell Wright from New Zealand. He gets his first taste of the big leagues after that fantastic 5th place over in the IBU Cup in Arbour. American fans have interest all the way down the order. Top American, like Nordgren, goes off 83rd, with Sean Doherty starting about 7 minutes earlier with Bibbs 68. For the Brits, it's great to see Vinny Fountain back in the big time. He goes off a minute and a half ahead of Doherty, 66th on the start list. Uh, If we look right towards the end, uh, Bib 101, we have America's Paul Schomer, who's had some pretty nice performances this year. If it's sort of nice and cold weather as we're expecting, I don't think the track should cut up too much. So a top 40 could be possible for Schomer, which would be a fantastic result for him. Uh, The biggest name going really late is Antonin Giganat in what could be a little bit of a showdown with Dessieu and Cloud for the relay team. He goes off 89th. I think that'll do us for today Uh, hopefully my voice wasn't too weird to listen to Uh, we've got a great race ahead of us and I'll be back tomorrow to look at the winners and losers from the men's sprint as well as my top picks for the women's race on Saturday hope you're all well and I'll see you next time on the Biathlon Podcast cheers